Hi everyone, this is Farmer Rishi and welcome to the very first Healing Gardens podcast we are doing as part of our uh, this new project, Healing Gardens Community. And uh, today I am going to be introducing you to one of our one of our team members and one of our very first Healing Garden hosts. Uh, her name is Meadow and she's got a beautiful garden uh, in the northeast of Los Angeles on Mount Washington. And uh, I was introduced to Meadow through a friend of mine um, about a year ago. And I was just taken with her, her energy and her philosophy. Um, she's been a, a co-teacher of mine on, in some of my gardening courses and just found, found her to be a very in, incredible person, a very wise person. And I'm very happy to have her here with us on this very first podcast. So welcome, Meadow. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. And Meadow, can you, um, why don't we start a little bit with uh, an introduction of, of yourself, if you could tell us about, um, well, introduction of yourself, and I'm going to say an introduction of yourself, which includes your, your, your greater self, which is uh, the garden that you're, you're sitting in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could you tell us a little bit about that garden and your history there and uh, maybe your family's history there? Mm-hmm. We, um, we live on a little bit under, close to about half an acre, a little bit more, um, in between three-fourths and half an acre in Mount Washington. And my parents um, found this land almost 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they were back to the landers in Northern California and had a vision of moving back to Los Angeles, but didn't want to lose um, their connection with earth and land and soil. Um, so my mother had had a vision of a house on a hill with a mulberry tree and some loquat trees. Mm. And, um, as they were shopping for homes, they walked up onto this land and there was a house on a hill with a mulberry tree and loquat (laughs) trees. And she said, that's the one. And, um, at the time the land really needed a lot of care and love and the house didn't have a roof on it. And, Mm. you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't the way that it is today. Um, but she heard the spirit of the land and she heard um, that this is where she was going to have her babies and she just knew that this was the space. So myself and two of my brothers were born here um, on this land. And uh, so it actually has my child uh, was born here as well. Um, we are not originally from Los Angeles, but we have... Um, naturalized here and this space has very much become our home and part of our legacy as a family. Um, We about I'd say in the 90s we started to to stop um, watering our grass because we were told to that to preserve um, water that it would be better for us not to really water our plants or our trees or our grass and in doing so um, our land got really desertified hmm. and um, a lot of the vegetation obviously without water but it just created we started to see everything got dry the animals that lived here changed everything started to change um, and not for the better hmm. so um, I'd say about 10 years ago um, 
my husband and I started to have a vision of regreening the space right. um, and started planting and working with soil and, um, and really intentionally creating the, the life, creating a space so that the life that lived here before, um, that, that their relatives would come back. And so we've been doing that now for about 10 years. Um, about four or five years before that, my brother had started. So we picked up where he left off. Okay. And um, that's what we've been doing here. And, and I can, uh, I'm, I'm hearing some of the birds in the, in the back there and where I was hearing your, your chickens before that. <laughs> can you- uh, A lot of can, life here. <laughs> yeah, can you give us a sense of uh, what it's like to be there now and, and what you've created so far? Yeah. Um, we have a very honest garden, so it's not manicured at all. Um, but there's a lot of trees. I think we have, I don't remember in the last count, somewhere between 60 and 70 trees uh -huh. um, on the land um, specific in this area. But there are trees all over the mountain and they all communicate with each other. Um, but the trees here that we're responsible for um, about between 60 and 70, I think. Um, there is a lot of, um, there are squirrels, there are birds, there are butterflies, there are hummingbirds, lots of hummingbirds. Um, a lot of pollinators like to live here, lots of lizards. Um, we're a certified wildlife habitat. Um, although I don't necessarily agree with the word habitat, um, <laughs> but we create space for um, life to live here. Yeah. and work with the life that that wants to live here and, and continue to create home and environment i wouldn't even say environment but just home space sure. for for all these beings um we have chickens we have a few worm bins or we call them worm homes um we have different hugoculture mounds lasagna layers um we have lots of flowers native plants um several fruit trees um we have um just a lot of space to um to move about and to just listen and breathe and be and and um you know i've i've visited your garden and i can um you can feel you know the the love that your family has put into it and it's such a uh, beautiful and peaceful space and and um, you know that was one of the reasons that that uh, as soon as as soon as I got there I was like okay this is this is a, a healing garden like this is what I want to be on the platform um, and and it turned out that you were already basically doing what you know what we are wanting healing gardens to become is this uh, a, a way for people to connect with these spaces in our in our urban areas um, and what was it you know you were already you you've already been opening up your your space to the community to your neighbors to friends to family like what's why is that so important to you like what is it why is it important for you to share the the space that you've you've uh, helped to create and and what is that you know how does that feed you many layers to that answer <laughs> Um, we, I guess, where would I start? Um, we feel like in the city, there's not a lot of access to green space other than um, maybe parks. And parks are often have 
pesticides or some type of chemical control to keep the grass a certain way, or there's just not a lot of real true green space in the city. Um, a lot of people, ourselves specifically, used to feel like we would have to drive outside of the city to um, just to be at peace within ourselves because we wanted to get away from the sounds of the city and the movement of the city. Um, and we started to, to feel like if we were feeling that way, many other people were probably feeling that way as well. Mm -hmm. And um, a few decades ago, my mom said, our home feels like an oasis in the middle of Los Angeles. And not necessarily because of the green space, but just because of what you said, the spirit that you can feel here and, and the way that we love this land and the way that we live. Um, and we felt like it was really important that we didn't just keep that for ourselves. Um, we very much believe that that we should all be able to sit and eat at the same table. Right. And um, we didn't want to just keep that for ourselves. And we felt like what we were receiving from being in this outside space, the peace of mind, the peace of just being able to be at peace, period. Um, right. It's hard sometimes in the city. And we realized that what we have access to here, not many others do, we wanted to make sure that other people had the same benefit. Um, we would, had already been having, we're a, I'd say a social justice oriented family. Right. And we had already had, you know, many different, um, you know, meetings here organizing. And um, our family put on a multicultural festival that my brother started and um, a human rights festival. And so we were already very like aware of what was needed socially um, in the city for people just to be well and to to um, have what they need, the resources that they need, mm -hmm. um, meaning food, shelter, all of the above. Um, and for us, we wanted to take it beyond that because we know that every living being is a relative. Every, um, every tree, every plant, every person, every animal, every, you know, the microorganisms in the soil and every yeah. living being, water, fire, um, air, um, soil these are all living relatives and we felt like it would be selfish for us to keep this space to ourselves and right. could see and and we're often told how people felt when they came here so we started to cultivate and um and really listen to what the land was asking and realize that it that it really this land thrives when other people come to experience this space mm -hmm. So it's like um, you're you're fulfilling the wishes of the land, and and uh, you. So it's not like yours to to hold and and you know keep everyone out and keep it protected. But you're you're listening to what she wants and caring for her, right? And, and also listening to her and and how she wants to interact with um, the people that you know are in your 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 friend circle, your family circle, and your community circle, right? And that, that listening to her and listening to what she wanted in um, the late 80s, um, we had some Lakota elders come and bless the land and put up a sweat lodge and with my mother and other um, family members and friends and had for a long time sweats were around here mm. um, and honored and even, and although the Lakota are not native to this, um, to this region, to this area, the Tongva are, um, we were, 
we're wanting to make sure that we honored those that are originally the inhabitants of Turtle Island right. and felt like it was really um, important to, to open up our space to our relatives in that way. Um, so there were our, we already had, you know, different people coming here. We had uh, elders who practice Ifa would come here and feel the spirit of the land and want to be here. We have a, a Buddhist temple down the street and sometimes um, they would come and everyone just, no matter what um, spiritual or religious or um, whatever background people have, they tend to feel what's happening here and come here and wanted to sit and be. And so we started to listen to, um, to that as well. So it's the land was asking for the people, but the people were also asking for the land. Mm -hmm. And in hearing both um, and knowing that we were the read in between, we felt yeah. it was our responsibility to open up our gates and, and allow folks to come and experience this space. So you just you just said that you're the you're the read in between the land and the people. How do you see, you know, how do you see that role? Like you're you are the gardener, uh, or your family is is gardening the space and caring for the space. And what does that mean to you? Like what is what do you see your role, you know? as the, as the, you know, are you the caretaker? Are you the guardian? Are you the, who, who are you in your, in your garden? I think the role changes. Um, definitely a student. <laughs> as we learn so much just from being in relation with our um, plants and trees and soil and, and, you know, animals, all the beings that live here. Um, also guardian, because it's our responsibility to caretake and, and to love and, and nurture and nourish. Mm -hmm. um, but I think really it's to listen, right? So when you're sitting in the space and you're outside and, and you close your eyes or open your eyes or, but it's to observe and listen. So if you see that, um, maybe this plant being is, is suffering because of how much sun is, you know, on this being, um, and it's too much, maybe it's our job to respectfully and gently remove that plant and, and place it in another space. Or maybe it's to just put some shade or, or to plant another being that will grow a little taller and help that plant. Or, um, so it's really listening. It's, it's listening to, to what everybody needs. And sometimes it's not just about the caretaking, right? Because then you, you're then in the position of thinking you always have to do something. Right. Sometimes the listening is just sitting and being and being present and like hearing the songs and hearing the conversations that are happening and just being present for that so that when you go out into your daily life, you're, you're, um, you're taking that with you and giving it to others. So I don't always feel like in this garden that I, I have to take care of her. Right. Um, we do have a symbiotic and mutual reciprocal relationship. We take care of each other. Right. Um, but I feel sometimes my role here is just to sit and to listen. And that's where I hear, you know, sometimes the next steps of, oh, it's time to have a, maybe a, a healing circle for people who have lost their loved ones to police violence. Or um, maybe we need to have um, a kid's class here or, you know, and, and it's just by listening and, and the land lets us know who she wants here and why she wants them here. And, um, my role is also to, um, I don't, how can I say, um, to move energy. Hmm. So sometimes um, something is dry over here and I need to, to 
you know, gather what has dried and move it into our compost bin or um, sometimes there are seeds that want to be planted there. You know, everything right. has an energy. So sometimes my, my role is to be a mover. <laughs> right. Or, or, a, or a, a weaver. A right? weaver, right. Bring the seeds to the soil and, and uh, yeah, that's beautiful. And, and um, you mentioned, you know, this part of your role being to, to sit in the garden and to, to hear and, and, you know, um, you, we were talking uh, before the interview started about how, how the garden has been such an important um, healing space for yourself and, and you know, uh, with the, the health issues that you've had. And, and can, you, can you speak to, um, you know, what, how the garden is a healing space for you and, and what's important for you to, to be the, you know, be the caretaker, but also be the care receiver. <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah, um, I have a very rare illness called X-linked hypophosphatemia, which no one's ever heard of and most people can't <laughs> spell, including myself. Um, and have in having that um, that illness, I've there's been a lot of domino effect on my health of of times where I've gotten really sick, times where um, I've been very close to losing my life. Um, and I'd say, even though my husband and I had picked up taking care of this garden maybe about 10 years ago, um, about six years ago, five, five, six years ago, I got really, really sick where my medications weren't working and nothing was working. And um, I just started sitting outside again and spending more time not as as a doer, you know, before I think he and I were relating with, with this space as like we needed to do and do and do and fix. Right. And, um, and at that time I wasn't able to because of my physical capacity, but I was able to just sit and be and do and, and move, but move very gently and slowly. And I started to notice that just by sitting with the earth, by putting my hands in the soil and not with the intention of fixing or doing, but just to, to relate, yeah. Um, I started to have more strength inside of me. Mm -hmm. And the more I spent time um, in an honest conversation with the land, I don't know how to say it any other way, like mm -hmm. very honestly and humbly sitting with her, the more I started to feel my own mana, my own um, energy and life force come back. Mm -hmm. and um, And then started to realize like, how my so then of course I started reading a lot to understand instead of just sitting and being with her but I started trying to research and read and then I started to feel pulled away from her again oh. so I put the books down and went back out and just started like meandering around and feeling what I you know and listening just really listening and in listening to her I was able to listen to myself and what I needed mm. and and then I started to see the parallels between her body and my body mm. and I started to to really understand how, how we relate to one another, that we're really one and the same, there's no separation. Mm -hmm. And although my family has that practice in, in the way that we were raised in our beliefs, I felt like I became like, I always believed, but I became like a, a believer believer. Like I, like I got it, <laughs> grasped <laughs> like I, lived it. it. <laughs> I grasped it and I lived it. So before it was like, yeah, that makes sense. And this is who we are. And this is how I've been raised. And so that's what my ideologies are. But, but then I actually became it, you know, it became me. Right. And, um, 
and little by little over the last, you know, four years, I've really gotten stronger. Um, but recently I had to have some um, procedures that were unexpected. Mm. And I, the first thing I wanted after each procedure was to come back into the garden space and to come back into this space. And I was telling you, it, it's like a prescription that I give myself, you know, first few days of rest, and then I need to go outside and I need to kind of just sit and be, even if I'm just sitting in the, um, ooh, let me move that. Can you hear that? That's okay. Okay. Um, I was just able, you know, I, would, I just sit and, and kind of listen and be and feel, not just listen, but feel. Yeah. And, um, and then a little bit, I'll start to kind of move a little bit more and maybe gather some food. That's something that's easy to, you know, give thanks and gather um and then i might you know start working the compost a little bit and you know just a little at a time i inch my way back in so for the same way that someone would do physical therapy yeah is is my garden therapy you know? <laughs> so it's, it's my prescription for myself to kind of ease my way back in and do what i can do to my capacity yeah. but as i do that you know my doctors are always amazed um, my family is always amazed my friends are always amazed my my work team is always amazing <laughs> yeah, um, yes, that um, I bounce back faster and faster now because I found that as long as I can put my feet you know in and on soil yeah. and I can um, can listen and feel and breathe and be in this space then I can come back into to alignment with my highest and most well self hmm. um, and so that's, that's what I've been doing um, the last few weeks, actually having that procedure is just turning off my screens and, and stepping away from, from all the pull of life. Yeah. And coming back into the space that I can feel myself and, and I, I start to feel my DNA shift and I start to feel, you know, my cells shift and I start to, to feel life force really moving through my veins. Hmm. Um, and when I step away from the space for too long, then it feels like I'm stepping away from myself for too long. Right. And, and what I really get more than anything is that there really is no separation between us and, and Mama Earth, um, between us, and there's no separation between us and nature. We right. are nature, right? You know that. You, right. you teach that, <laughs> um, which is why, why I think it was so easy for me to fall into conversation with you and to work with you is because we do both know that. Right. Um, and in having that awareness, I, I really see the benefit, not just in my physical body, but in my mental health. So after these procedures, sometimes you can go back into this place of trauma and yeah. it can re-trigger all the other, you know, procedures or the other health issues that I've had. And, and honestly, it, it sometimes will re-trigger when I was so close to death and I have to remind myself that I'm, that I'm not in that space of dying, um, but as soon as I come out into the garden, that's my reminder. Oh, you're still alive. You're not dying. You're, you're still alive. You're not as sick as you were. Yeah. You're like, you know, and I see that reflection in the trees and I see that reflection in a flower and I see that reflection in the hummingbirds that are flying around. And, and then I remember, oh, I'm part of this. I am this. This is me. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 I'm not just okay. I'm well. <laughs> and even whatever difficult process you're going through is, is, is just contributing to your 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 wealth of experience and your your knowledge and your wisdom and and uh, and that's you know every every death is also a birth 
the pulse of the birth, absolutely. And when you're in a garden space, an honest garden space, one that's not manicured and tailored just to to please the the eye that only wants to see beauty or what we think is beauty. Mm. Um, when we're in a garden space, we see all of truth, right? Because right. in any garden, you're going to see um, maybe new life sprouting and growing. And you're going to see something else starting to get a little taller. And you're going to see someone blooming. Mm. And you're going to see someone um, now drooping. You know, the, the buds are dying and maybe they're creating new seed. And you're going to see brown, you know, um, de decomposing. And you're going to see all these different things. But then when you look around, you realize, oh, that's all necessary. This entire yeah. cycle is necessary. And it's natural. It's who we are. Yeah. So when you start to see it everywhere around you, then you realize that that really is you and you're that lived experience of the cycle of life, then, then it, it's okay. No matter what stage you're in it, it's, it's not just that it's okay, it's necessary. It's part of it. We're right. supposed to, to seed, we're supposed to die, we're supposed to be reborn, we're supposed to do all of that over and over and over again throughout our life. And, you know, um, you're going to be your garden is going to be uh, on on healing gardens, and and you're going to be sharing this and uh, everything you've described uh, with with people who are in your neighborhood and who are in your community, and maybe people who are just passing through and and want to come and visit your your garden. What is it that your what is it that you what is it that your garden is trying to share? Like, is there is there some do you think that there's some message that you would like to get across through your garden? as people visit um that this is our right you know mm. this is our right to live this way um as being nature this is who we are this is this is the core of who we are this is the foundation of who we are and we each have the right to be able to sit and breathe clean air and drink clean water mm. and be in in green space um and that isn't always green. It's also brown and colorful <laughs> and all these other things, right? Because we say green space, but there are many colors to, a, to an honest garden, yeah. to a healing garden. Yeah. And, um, and not that this is their right, but this is here for us to take part. Each person that comes here is welcome to the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, each person that comes here is honored as part of the conversation, even if when they first get here, they don't realize that they're part of that conversation. Um, and wanting people to, to come here and be able to, to lay down their armor, you know, to yeah. be able to rest, to be able to have some reprieve and some regeneration and some rejuvenation and, um, and to be able to, to leave here and take part of this space with them that maybe it plants a seed inside of them or maybe it waters one that's already growing or maybe it, um, it helps them to compost some form of death that they're experiencing that they're not ready to, to shed yet. Or, you know, we want people to be able to come here. And what we've experienced over the decades is that when people do come here, it's such an honest space that wherever they are in that cycle of life, um, they're able to fully be in that space and to allow it and to be present with it and then, and then move on to what's next for them. Um, so we really want, you know, this is a place where you come as you are, you know, all are welcome. Um, we've tended to, to open this space for, um, 
for marginalized communities to have access, but we also have weddings and we mm. have fine dining dinners and we have, <laughs> you know, yoga classes and we, um, we have many different types of beings that come here, both human and non. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we welcome them as long as people can come respectfully and, and honor the space, then we welcome them. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, uh, I, I know, I mean, I, I recommend to everyone to, to visit your garden. Um, it's a, it is, you know, I think if you've, if you've connected with Meadow in, you know, in this conversation and what she says and her, in her demeanor, that it's all reflected uh, in her garden, and it's it's a really beautiful and, and peaceful space to be in. Uh, it's going to be the the name. I, I don't think we mentioned the name yet. Do you want to <laughs> share the name of your garden, Meadow? Yeah, it's Greenstone Farm and Sanctuary. So it's Greenstone Farm and Sanctuary. Again, it's in uh, the north northeast LA, uh, kind of close to Highland Park. Is it? Or it's, it's Mount Washington. It's Mount Washington, but it borders Highland Park, Glassell Park, and it's close to Eagle Rock. Okay. So uh, it, it will be uh, available for, for anyone to, to go and visit through the Healing Gardens app. Um, and uh, Meadow, I want to thank you again uh, for, for coming on with me here today. Do you have any, any last, uh, last words, last words of wisdom you'd like to share with everyone? Um, actually, one last word. <laughs> one last word? Okay, yeah. Um, you asked what we wanted to people to walk away with. I think there's another important thing that happens here is when people come here, um, it's really important to us that people see that they are a part of nature and that nature is not a resource, mm -hmm. that, um, that these are all our relatives and that these aren't beings that we can just take from, that we're in a reciprocal relationship and conversation. And we're hoping that when people come here that they can look around and see that, that these are my relatives, these are not my resources, these are my relatives. And in such, I must treat them that way. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe that's the that's a sign. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you again, Meadow. Um, uh, um, I hope to visit your garden soon myself. And uh, for for those of you who are listening, we're gonna try to do this every week. So I'll be interviewing another healing garden host uh, next week, and you can find these videos on Instagram TV, on YouTube, uh, on our website, healinggardens.co. Uh, and also we're gonna be putting this out as a podcast. And um, if you are at home and you're thinking, hey, this sounds like something I wanna be a part of, I think I have a healing garden, um, then definitely please get in touch with us. You can email us uh, info at healinggardens.co. Uh, we are looking for gardens to be on our platform all around the country. We have a strong presence, uh, or starting to have a strong presence here in LA, but we're, we're, looking, uh, we're looking everywhere. So if, you, if you're telling yourself, hey, I have a healing garden, definitely reach out to us uh, and we'll follow up with you. And uh, we hope that everyone else has a chance to uh, visit healing gardens in their neighborhood soon. Uh, we're trying to make this a, um, make these spaces, these healing spaces, really available for anyone who, who needs them. Uh, and, you know, quite honestly, we, are, we all are in need of, of healing spaces right now. So, uh, Meadow, thank you again for being thank with you. us. Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll see, you, see you all next week. <laughs>